When you were in your late teens and early 20s, did you ever consider becoming a board member? Well, one student at the University of Manitoba decided they wanted to get involved in their community. Divya is a board member of Asian Women of Winnipeg. Combining her new ideas with the experiences of other talented women on the board to create something amazing. Let's get into it. My name is Devia Sharma and I am a first year student at the University of Manitoba. Um, my role at the Asian Women of Winnipeg is um, just as a board member and I'm the youngest member on the council itself um, so it's definitely a very unique position to be in um, and the other I think very cool part about my identity is that um, I'm so I've lived exactly half my life in India and exactly half my life in Canada so it's a very very unique position that yeah that is a very interesting perspective most people have like oh I moved here when I was like two years old sort of thing or like oh I just got off the boat sort of thing so that's a very interesting perspective uh so why don't you tell me about that uh life in India versus life here and kind of like the balancing act of the two like what was it like just living life there and then just yeah the the uh, one of the things we hear often is like culture shock of people coming over and being like I don't know what the heck is going on here I don't understand all these sorts of customs or um just societal norms sort of thing yeah definitely so I think like India is also very unique in the sense that there's so many cultures and languages um and I first like first of all I grew up um in Punjab which is sort of um in the northern region of India. Uh, so in regards to that, I also just went to a private Catholic school. So I knew English growing up and that was something that was really important. But I also knew Hindi and Punjabi, which is which are the two languages that are typically spoken in the area of Punjab. So well, so the accent piece was definitely really unique to me when we came here. So I we immigrated here when I was nine years old in 2014. Uh, so when we came here, that like language was there, but it was kind of hard to understand with the accent piece. So I definitely got used to and adapted to that. Um, and then the multiculturalism that's in Canada is also very, very unique, I would say. Although in India, there are those different, you know, languages, cultures, religions, dialects, and all of that. And I think that's very special. It's just not, it's even more diverse in Canada. And it's just like, it's, mind-blowing I would say and when we were so in elementary school one of the biggest ideas that was communicated to us and was really like hammered into us was that diversity is our strength and I think that's so so true because if we're able to come together and share our experiences and learn from each other I think there's all the more growth and learning and so many possibilities there. When you're talking about diversity is our strength when we're looking at just um, population growth in Canada in general, immigration is the driving force to what kind of grows our country. Uh, it's mostly people coming in there and just the amount of ideas or things and just Canada has been built on immigrants uh, or I guess modern Canada or what we consider like the crown of Canada or sort of thing. And yeah, just having people here learning 
And I grew up in a smaller city, which was mostly pretty monocultural. So coming to Winnipeg and just seeing all the different people, and of course the community I've come from is changing now as more people are immigrating, uh, but it was really eye-opening for myself to be like, wow, there's so many different people of so many different backgrounds, so many different thoughts, and it's just cool to learn and find out you know what what sort of things everyone brings to the table so when you're coming over and you're building life here and learning about that multiculturalism and everything and the importance of kind of diversity and celebration is that kind of why you wanted to join asian women of winnipeg because you don't see many people your age uh, get involved in an organization like that. The reason why I wanted to join was a through like that spirit of volunteer volunteering volunteerism. I think I found my identity through that, just like the idea of volunteering. And I think that's also really, really special to Canada because of course there's opportunities to volunteer everywhere around the world. But specifically um when I like I said, I came here when I was in grade five and we were actually doing this fundraiser and it was around Terry Fox. And I think he's one of the most prime examples of that selfless giving and volunteering and giving back to the community. Um, and at a very, very young age, we were already sort of involved in these fundraisers and um and, you know, just volunteering and giving back around the school. Um, so I think building off of that, everyone sort of had their like niche when they were in grade five, whether you were involved with like soccer, Timbits, or you were like a dancing person, you know, girls would do like gymnastics and it was like the cool thing to be in. Um, and everyone sort of had their little niche. Um, I had a lot of trouble finding that. And I think volunteering was where I really like was able to connect right away because it honestly, like it gave me a sense of gratitude and like, I thought I was actually impacting the world and this was my way of making a change. So as my journey went on, um, I started getting more involved with different clubs, um, associations, XYZ. And I joined AVAL probably in grade 10, I would say, um, because I was just really like, it was a coincidence because the, um, the, I believe the executive director, who's uh, Sharon Tapia, she actually asked me, she's like, oh, I saw blah, 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 blah. And then we would love for you to join. And it's like a three-year term. And I'm like, I'm 100% down. AY was actually the first board I ever joined. Um, so that was very, very unique. And I think it's given me a lot of opportunity to have that event planning aspect and like um, being able to share my culture and being able to actually like even learn my culture in Canada and how that fits in. So I think that's really special. Well, it's a great opportunity to give back to your community. And, you know, for a lot of people, it takes a long time to find themselves or find an opportunity to give back or grow. I know I'm starting to go on that journey right now, volunteering, learning a little bit more now. But, I mean, it would have been really cool to get that back in high school instead of being kind of a a, a loser, uh, dumbass, uh, just going through high school. But it's really cool to hear kind of your perspective. And I think it's just very interesting when we're looking at statistics, voting habits, as well as just ideology of younger generations, of this desire to make 
a difference. I know social media and everything and social media addiction is a, a challenge, but a lot of people, even if it's just sharing things or advocacy through social media, are really heavily involved, whether that's in multiculturalism, uh, reconciliation, volunteerism, seeing uh, you and uh, others getting really involved in, in politics and just trying to make their communities better in a world that seems to, you know, be stumbling back <laughs> sometimes is, uh, I should say, what is the word? It's very optimistic to see younger generations actually care about things because it's way too easy to fall into nihilism with everything that goes on and yeah just coming back to it diversity is our strength everyone's going to have an idea and together we can utilize those ideas to make a difference so being on the board of asian women of winnipeg um How's the experience been so far? What sort of things or uh, have you done, events you've sort of planned? And uh, I guess what are you kind of looking forward to uh, continuing to be on there? AWOW is also unique in the sense where it's like Asian women of Winnipeg. So there's also that female empowerment aspect, which I also think is really, really special. Uh, we've had several events um, where, you know, we've celebrated women. Um, so last year there was a special emphasis on uh, women of Asian descent for that women's month and this year we we actually did at the canadian museum of human rights um and and we celebrated women of all different cultures and oftentimes we invite politicians to some of our events and like you said because of that i've also had that opportunity to interact in that political realm which once again i think like our generation we're definitely in that boat where we're really trying to see that change through. And I appreciate that Asian Women of Winnipeg has given me the opportunity to help in that sort of aspect as well. Um, and it's also that I'm learning a lot from some of these women who, um, you know, were- oh, yeah. So many of them are so dedicated exactly. and have done, uh, so accomplished. Exactly. Like they, they were in the shoes that I was in, but it, way back when, but now they're, they're still continuing to make that change and they've been through that experience. So I get to learn from that and hopefully make it even better. Oftentimes they talk about, you know, who we're going to hand the next like chain of command to or like what's going to happen after. And they're always preparing us for, you know, things like emceeing how do we actually organize things behind the scenes and how do you pull sponsors in? and i think it's that bond is really really special because it's generational um and it really like connects you to different communities yeah and that's a big challenge that many cultural organizations are going through right now getting younger people involved because for a lot of them it's a lot of the first immigrants who came in, started an organization, a place where they could build community. And, you know, if they had kids and everything and they've kind of adjusted in school and adjusted to Canadian culture, um, a lot of them are like, ah, nah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to <laughs> go into this place where it's just, you know, a bunch of older people that are just doing sorts of cultural things. Eh, that's not really my cup of tea. But it's really cool to see your perspective of getting in and getting involved. Um what sort of advice would you give 
people or maybe okay let's let's break it into two parts for a cultural organization how do you think they can better attract uh the youth and younger generations to join and from your perspective of youth how what sort of words of encouragement would you give them to get involved in these cultural organizations Mm -hmm. i think i think it just comes back to that main message that diversity is our strength so really keeping that in mind um for organizations specifically and like you said i think our generation is so keen and optimistic and it's inspiring um because i i'm just going to speak in regards to the university of manitoba yeah no worries there um we have so many cultural organizations like student clubs i should say like we have approximately 200 student clubs um and a lot of them are very very cultural focused and the like students do want to get involved with them they find oftentimes international students when they come in like they find that sense of community within these student clubs and student organizations so there's definitely a need for them um to help spread that different that message okay. of so maybe it's uh, more uniting between these cultural clubs at schools and universities with these pre-established organizations definitely we've seen that like I think oftentimes there's so many different organizations that exist with a similar message um, and they just need to connect and collaborate and put those puzzle pieces together so that that generational, um, you know, that information passed from generation to generation because there's definitely that need. We've seen it. um, And I think it like if there's that opportunity to collaborate i think that that really surpasses expectation and can really send one message of diversity well it could really help out and fill out different things like for those who are older like they have experience they have wisdom they have knowledge that they can uh, share with youth and youth are very uh technologically and social media uh literate and engaged and for uh, I know there are some organizations when you go, you see their website, you're like, wow, was this invented in like 1999 <laughs> sort of thing? Or like, well, let's see what's their social media presence. Only Facebook. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's definitely advantages that can come from that collaboration and uh, unity. 100%. Like even for AWA, we actually used to have like a Facebook page and a Twitter page where we didn't really have Instagram and we've recently started using that. Um, and we started using our, uh, you know, our website a little bit more. And we, for like, you know, our graphics, we, we would, we would have used like Adobe and now there's things like Canva and like, I'm introducing these. Oh, Canva's a life changer. (laughs) It's a gem. (laughs) So then when I like, so during one of our meetings, we were looking at designing a potential poster for an event. And they're like, Debbie, can you do this, this, and this? And I'm like, yeah, for sure. And like, while the meeting's going on, I'm like done the poster. And I'm like, whoa. And it's just like, I think it it really like helps if there's that, collab- like you said, that collaboration piece happens because that technology piece, I think is really huge. And although there's things like social media addictions that exist, I think within this up and coming generation. And I think like, even with the older generation, um, even when you go on the bus, like everyone's on their phone. Oh, uh, I've definitely seen older people who scroll on Facebook. Yeah. Like just the doom scrolling. They never stop. Wow. 
that and that's shocking to me and like the thing like things like texting while driving like like I just can't like it's it's hard to fathom the fact that we're dealing with issues like that in our current world where social media is so addictive and now we're like looking at um therapy to get rid of like your phone addiction and there's like apps that you know are to help balance out your time yeah like it's it's just absolutely crazy to me and like you know, apps like Instagram and Facebook exist and they have these algorithms within them to like keep you scrolling. And then within the app, there's like the time limit feature. It's And it's so counterintuitive. Um, it, it's really, sh- it's fascinating. It's shocking. But I think just coming back to the point, I think there's benefits to it as well. Yeah, it's definitely a tool and like any tool it can be abused um so yeah it's finding that balance of things because yeah you need to get your presence out there you need to let people know it's like hey what are these sorts of events that are Mm -hmm. going on like we're having a a community barbecue or a community gathering for all ages sort of thing it's like oh we want to have some contest or yeah uh get a group together for folklorama Mm -hmm. uh sort of thing so yeah it's it's a great tool Mm -hmm. um yeah, just for AWOW, uh, what are some things that are coming up uh, in this next year? Um, There's lots of exciting stuff. Um, I know that each year we've had, you know, our bigger events, which would be the Lori Mela. Um, we, of course, do the Women's Empowerment Month, uh, just really celebrating that. Um, and Mother's Day is a really, really big one for us. So things around uh, women empowerment and that cultural aspect and uh, connecting all sorts of communities um, and one thing I will say, when we had our Lordy Mela, we actually had upwards of, I would say, 2,000 people attend. Um, and that was really special because people from all different communities came uh, together to celebrate. Um, and it was at the RBC Convention Center. It couldn't have gone better. So we're hoping for really, really big events like that in the upcoming year. Yeah, talking with uh, Sharon and some of the uh, the other people there, uh, it's just really cool the work that you're doing, uh, empowering women, uh, celebrating uh, Asian heritage and Asian culture. And it's just so fascinating. Uh, I know we're like a little bit away for, or outside of um, Asian Heritage Month, but uh, how did that go? Well, what sort of events and things were uh, held there? Yeah, so for Asian Heritage Month, it went really, really well. We, um, of course, uh, there's an Asian Heritage Society that Sharon Toppy also sits on, um, and they uh, organized that event at the Forks, which went over very, very well. Like it was very well attended. Um, some of our act, like, uh, some of our board members had performed there and we actually emceed part of the event. So that was really, really special. Um, yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Uh, yeah. So I, I guess just, uh, when we're looking at just Winnipeg in general, uh, and especially since, you know, we're coming up to uh, a new election, uh, in, in October and everything. And, you know, it's important that we all get involved to work towards, uh, the future, I guess just for, uh, potential voters out there when we're looking at, you know, cultural diversity continuing to build our province. Uh, what sort of things do you think are important that we should be looking out for uh, from the perspective of uh, a student? International student fees, I think, are a really, really big thing. Um, so looking at that and um, cost of living, of course, is a huge aspect. So looking at 
potentially things from a financial perspective. And then, of course, uh, that diversity sort of um, aspect as well, not just diversity within culture, but also are we looking um, at healthcare? Uh, who is that provided to? What type of healthcare is there? Because there's so much in that aspect. Are we uh, respecting, you know, different gender norms and stuff? And that's another thing that I think is of essence to students. And um where exactly money and tax dollars are being invested and who uh, that track record side of things, you know, what uh, party and that party politics side of things, what party has kept their promises, what are their priorities for this upcoming year, um, and really looking um, at the different ways that this election could go because i think it's really up in the air right now yeah it's it's very interesting looking at polling data seeing like who's ahead what sort of things and yeah i, I know for a lot of people that uh voting it's such a a pain why are we talking about voting everything it's like well it it'll change the lives of everyone like who's in charge of our province determines you know what sort of opportunities there are mm -hmm. for immigrants coming in because you know one of the biggest challenges in canada is our housing uh it was just a couple weeks ago i think canada hit that 40 million mark and then afterwards like we had already reached like 140 some thousand in addition since there and then you're looking at the yearly investments in housing and it's only like oh yeah we're committed to uh creating 200,000 new homes in canada it's like what that's not enough we've all already almost broken that number yeah definitely there's i will say there's a lot of like housing challenges um i actually recently went to i know this doesn't pertain to our province specifically but i know that the federal election is also approaching um if we look at even just different provinces and specifically BC, like the cost of living there is absolutely like skyrocket high. Um, in the in the city of Vancouver, like that is probably one of the most unaffordable places. Um, if we look at somewhere like Toronto, uh, where you know living wages and that like where like where you work and how you live don't really match up so there's a lot there as well and even within like manitoba we see our interest rates going up um bread milk basic necessities like that like they are through the roof and another thing is like uh when we're looking at provincial and federal elections is when we're looking at diversity and and culture is how our governments treat our like First Nations and Indigenous folks mm -hmm. because we're seeing in the news with the uh, the barricades yeah. outside the Brady Road. There's a lot of conversations going around to be like, well, how do we balance things that are going on right now? Because you know, as people are coming in, we want to work towards a more uh, a, a progressive future for all and we can't do that if our government officials keep treating uh indigenous folks and first nations as second-rate citizens absolutely i think reconciliation is such a huge um just a huge topic on its own uh it's definitely something that i think universities and just like schools have taken uh, into account quite clearly um we we want to honor and reconciliation, really uh, focus on that connect between international students, newer people, immigrants who are coming in, um, and then people who've been here 
since you know the dawn of time um and who you know been the the traditional lands of indigenous peoples and really honoring that so i think we're doing um from a student perspective at U of M, we're trying our best to really focus on reconciliation, making sure things like Orange Shirt Day are recognized, that Indigenous Students Month in November is recognized, like all these things um, to really raise awareness and also uh, making sure that there's courses available for students uh, to take more uh, information in, but also just from looking at that governmental side, we've uh, tried to raise money for the Braid Road Landfill. We did a red dress day drive, uh, missing and mur murdered Indigenous women, another completely like really, really big topic. And that's been very um, prominent in the news, I will say lately, just with like those outcries from um, the Indigenous community to to find uh, those missing and murdered uh, and two-spirit individuals. So I think it's really important uh, for governments to take action because, you know, as students, we see this um, and recognize that this, this is happening and we can't heal unless there's efforts made towards uh, things that are happening in our own community. Exactly. And I know some people might be wondering, you know, like, why are we talking about First Nations issues in terms of this current conversation that you and I are having? And I think it's important because as we're building our country, as more immigrants and newcomers are coming in, they need to be aware of the history of discrimination and racism that uh, the Canadian government and the churches had here on First Nations, uh, Inuit, and uh, Métis folk, and that's the only way we're going to be able to be able to celebrate diversity in the future, at, or that everyone has a chance to come to the table, whether that is someone coming in, someone who has lived here for many, many years, and the peoples that have called uh, Turtle Island home for forever so like that just to put some context for the listeners out there for sure i 100 percent agree with that and i think uh there's so much opportunity to once again that aspect of collaboration with indigenous communities because they have such a great way or um their teachings are so special in the sense where uh they find room for growth um, and there's sustainability aspects to it. There's way for innovation. There's way for connectivity. I actually went to a conference and um, th th like this line really sticks with me where uh, it was actually Nagan Sinclair and he said, uh, he's a very powerful speaker and he said before Wi-Fi and things like that used to exist, they actually had rivers to communicate and I thought that was such a beautiful analogy um, because there there were these sustainable ways of uh, working together instead of having that idea of land ownership and that that's a once again, a really big conversation we can dive in. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a different topic for another time. But yeah, there's so many things that we can learn from each other, ancient teachings, and you know, the best future is one where we can all share our ideas and have equal voice. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to chat with me. I know this was a little uh, last minute putting it all together, but uh, I feel it's very informative and it's great to see your perspective and just hear about some of the efforts that the school is doing and the students. And we would definitely love to talk with you 
again in the future about some of those other initiatives that the school is doing. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm really glad that um, there's that partnership between you, Multiculture, and AWOW so I could share something um, that really resonates with me and share that youth perspective. Um, And thank you so much for once again having me. Uh, Where can people go to uh, find out more about Asian women of Winnipeg? Mm -hmm. So for the older generation, we have Instagram, um, Facebook, as well as Twitter. And we also have our website, AsianWomenOfWinnipeg.com, where you'll find links to all our social media. Have any stories you'd like us to share or communities we should highlight? Leave a comment on our social media, reach out to us on our website. I'm Ryan Funk. This was You Talk. And have yourself a good one.